Hey, good morning, everybody. This is Pastor Lenny, and it's Wednesday. And no, Lori's not with me. She is still in Exeter, New Hampshire, with our new baby granddaughter. That makes three, three granddaughters. And uh, I'm just a blessed man. And Lori is there enjoying the blessing of our new baby granddaughter and our grandson Joey and my son Stephen and my daughter-in-law Holly. And uh, well, only one of us could make the trip and uh, I allowed her to do it. <laughs> oh man, if you're not having fun as a Christian, you're doing something wrong. I wanna let you know how much I love you. You know, when I speak to you guys, I, I, I speak words and I'm like, I'm saying, Lord, is this right? Lord, is this right? I don't want it to be traditions of men. I don't want it to be preaching, you know, traditionally from any man or any denomination. I want to know it's from the Holy Spirit. And, and, and I believe that what I deliver is from the Holy Spirit. And it's from the scriptures. It's from the word of God. Um, I never, I never say this is what so-and-so teaches and this is what so-and-so preaches. I always say this is what Paul tells us in Colossians or Paul tells us in Ephesians or Paul, Paul tells us in Romans or we find in the Gospel of John or we find in the first book of John or we find in the book of Acts. You follow what I'm saying? It's going to be the scriptures. It's going to be from the Holy Spirit. I, I have to be able to prove it from the scriptures. And when I sit down and talk to other people, that's all I ask for them to do, is to prove it from the scriptures. Prove that healing stopped. Prove that it was the dispensation that we no longer live. Where does it say that? Where do you get that from? You know, tell me where. Here's the new covenant. Here's where it says that covenant was replaced. So tell me where in this covenant you're telling me you're you found what you're finding. You know, it's all about the scriptures. It's all about the Bible. talk to you from the right covenant and from the scriptures you know I have so many tell me well this is what this man's I don't want to know what this man said I want to know what the word of God said that's that's it that's where I come from and um, I hope it just it all blesses you because you bless me you know Lori and I are just so grateful and thankful for each and every one of you we love you and we're in this walk together. I'm here, anointed and appointed by God, right? New Life Ministry, first aid for the heart of man, for the heart of his children, for the heart of believers. This is what we're here for. You and I together, we're here to put the band-aids on the, on the wounds that religion has made and cut in us. I like that, now that just came to me. Lori, what do you think, huh? She's still watching on, on, um, on Facebook, you know? New Life Ministry, first aid for the heart of man. We're here to put the, the band-aids on the wounds that religion has caused and live in, in the fullness of the life that Jesus Christ, Christ came to give. So with that, we're going to move on, and um, I hope you enjoyed yesterday's message about where I stand in regards to healing and what I believe is the true biblical stand on healing. And, uh, you know, please ask me your questions, send me your comments, 
you know, we'll talk, you know, and perhaps some of you have even more insights than the ones I've shared that, that you know, we both can grow from. But today, I want to move back to, you know, in exploring our faith, exploring faith, true faith, faith that's birthed from within and springs forth from within. We're, we're, we're going back to covenant because it's just so, it's so awesome and it's so, it's so, it's so vitally important. And we started with that portion of scripture where Jesus was with the disciples on that night where he would be betrayed and they were celebrating the first of the Lord's Supper where he had said, this is my body, you know, given for you, broken for you, you know. And then it, it talked about, here is the wine of the new covenant, the new covenant, this is my, this is my blood given for you. You know, drink it, drink it, drink it. See, they understood what covenant meant. They understood what Jesus was saying. They could not comprehend how it would take place. And we're going to look at that today from the book of Colossians chapter 2. Beautiful portion of scripture. And once we talk about covenant a little bit, then we'll move to Colossians chapter 2 and you'll understand Colossians chapter 2, I believe, a whole lot more. But covenants are made today. Uh, of course, you know, covenant could be called a contract today. Many, For many people, covenant is a contract. And it's amazing. Contracts are not meant to be broken, you know. But, you know, whenever they make a contract, and, and my son is a commercial law um, specialist. Uh, he gradu graduated from Harvard Law School and and um, he's very good at what he does. And you know, you always study those contracts, you study those agreements, you know, you wanna make sure all the I's are dotted and all the T's are crossed. And you know what, if you're really, really good, you know, you, you'll put in a, an escape clause, an escape clause. Well, that's man's contract, okay? But in real covenant, when a real covenant is made, and it's still being made in this world today. Many countries, they still have um, rituals where covenants are made. And whenever those covenants are made, there's a shedding of blood. And a sealing of the covenant by a shedding of blood. And there is no escape clause. The only escape clause is death. <laughs> it's amazing. And um, we talked about Livingston, missionary, how... He was, you know, spreading the gospel on the continent of Africa. And on that continent, there were so many different and various tribes. There was a lot of tribal warfare. And within that tribal warfare, you know, tribal kings always set out to become in covenant with another tribal king. You know, this way they had someone to fight with them, fight alongside them, fight for them take care of them and they knew that it was a strength there was strength in the covenant and the covenants couldn't be broken and uh, for instance Livingston was finding a lot of resistance a lot of resistance 
So someone told him, why don't you make a covenant with one of the tribal kings? In fact, the one tribal king they were pointing him to was the strongest of the tribal kings. And Livingston was told what that was and what that meant. And oftentimes you had to bring a gift to the tribal king or to the person that you wanted to be in covenant with that hopefully he would want and that he would accept so that you could enter into covenant. And so Livingston had nothing that this tribal king wanted except he had a goat. And Livingston had that goat because he always drank fresh goat milk. And the, the tribal kings wanted the goat. So that's all Livingston had to give him. So Livingston gave him the goat. And that tribal king gave Livingston his spear. And wherever Livingston walked, everyone knew he was in covenant with the most mighty and powerful of the tribal kings. And no one dare touch him. So what did they do? They made covenant. They they got a uh, a glass of of wine, okay, or a type of wine. They would make cuts. They would make cuts on their forearms and bleed into the cup of wine. Both the tribal king and 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 Livingston, or or the person that wanted to be in covenant with the tribal king. They would intermingle their blood in the cup of wine, they would stir it up, and they would both drink from it. They would take their two wounds and they would rub, rub them together and intermingle, intermingle their blood. And now they became blood covenant. Uh, they become, became covenants by blood, by shed blood, by the cut, the cut, the cut. That's what circumcision is. It's the cut where blood is shed, where we enter, where they where the Israelites used to enter into covenant with God. Blood had to be shed, okay, the cut. So anyway, now once that covenant was made, you could not mess with Livingston. He had the full backing, he had the full protection, he had the full prosperity and the full provision. Whatever was that tribal king's was his. He could walk anywhere and be totally protected. You do not break that covenant. You know, if two tribal kings had covenants, and, and one broke them, the one who broke the covenant, that person's wife or mother or closest relative will seek him out and kill him. You don't break the covenant. You know, covenants last, last generations. And there's a story in the Bible that shows us the power of covenants, okay? And it's with, it's with Joshua and the Gibeonites. This might be a little bit of a rehash, but it's okay. It's good to hear these, these stories again these truthful stories again. So the Gibeonites were, were um, a nation um, of people who knew the Israelites were marching through the land and conquering all the cities and all the other you know, Canaanites. And they knew Gibeon, the Gibeonites would be next. They, they, would, they were, they were going to be next in line. So they said, well, let's go make a covenant with Joshua. So that we can live. They knew how mighty Joshua was and how mighty Joshua's God was. And they heard about the destruction of the Egyptians, which was the mightiest army on the world at that time. Right? So they, they heard about that story. So anyway, they put on old, rugged, dirty, tattered clothes. 
that made it look like they, they came from a far away. They had sandals that were all worn out and, 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 and ripped and torn. They brought gifts of bread, which they said was freshly baked. But by this time, because their journey was so long, it became filled with maggots and moldy. They brought wine, but it was so long a journey, I thought wine gets better with age. But anyway, this wine had become rancid and, and mildewed, and um, the wineskins were all, you know, in torn and, 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 and leaking and dripping. And I mean, they had nothing to bring. Their hair was all matty and, and, and dirty, and their skin and their face, you know? They came to make covenant, and they really had nothing to give. It's a picture of grace. I hope you understand that all scriptures inspired to reveal salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Just like we come to Jesus. We come with nothing to give. Right? They came to Joshua with nothing to give. But Joshua accepted them. And Jesus accepts us. But So Joshua made covenant with them. And then later on, Joshua finds out that he was deceived. But guess what? A covenant is a covenant. A covenant is a covenant. So he had to keep that covenant. Even though he was deceived, they went through the ritual where they exchanged blood. The covenant was cut. They, they intermingled the blood. The leaders, Joshua, the leaders of the Gibeonites, they drank. They were in covenant and you could not break it. So what happens in that's Joshua 9, in Joshua 10, the Gibeonites are attacked. And so what do they do? They're going to be annihilated. They call on Joshua. And guess what Joshua does? He arrives on the scene. And he fights for Gibeon. And you know what the Bible says? That God fights for Gideon. <laughs> God, honored the, God honored the covenant that Gideon made with the Gibeonites because God made a covenant with, uh, I mean, that, with, yeah, with Joshua made with the Gibeonites. God honored that because God made a covenant with Joshua. And that was sealed in blood when the cup was made, when circumcision was made. And it, it goes on to say in that chapter that God killed more of the enemy with hailstones than, with, than Joshua's army did. That's the power of a covenant. That's a, that's a great story. But he was running out of day. He was running out of daylight. And he wanted, he wanted to end this, 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 this war right now. Right here, right now. So because now covenant, the power of a covenant, power of a covenant, he's in covenant with God. Even though he was deceived by the Gibeonites and he's fighting for the Gibeonites. And Joshua commands the sun and the moon to stand still. This is how powerful a covenant is. So now, think about this. Covenants are made to last for generations. We move ahead 400 years. 400 years of covenants with the Gibeonites. They were living peacefully in the land of Israel with the Israelites. But here it is. There's a famine. King David, he seeks God. He says, God, why is your people suffering in a famine? And then and a drought. And that, and then God reveals to David why. Because Saul set out to kill and do away with all the Gibeonites. Saul broke covenant. 400 years later. Good, bad, I don't know what the reasons, but.
But Saul set out and he killed many Gibeonites. So God told David, go to the Gibeonites and find out what they tell you. So now in Deuteronomy chapter 21, you could read where it talks about how a curse is relieved. How the land is relieved of a curse. And so David says, how can we remove this curse? And the Gibeonites say, give us seven, seven of Saul's descendants and we will hang them on a tree and the curse will be removed. Cursed is any man that hangs on a tree. Deuteronomy chapter 21, it's powerful. And, and, the, and the curse on your land will be removed. David had to do, had to do what he had to do. And he brought two sons of Saul and five grandchildren. He spared Mephibosheth because Mephibosheth was Jonathan's son and David had a covenant with Jonathan. So anyway, seven other sons and grandchildren, grandsons were brought to the Gibeonites and they were hung. They were hung on a tree on the mount for one day. And at nighttime they were, they were removed because you're not supposed to leave that dead body there once nightfall comes. And so what happened? Because they were hung on a tree, the curse was removed, the drought was lifted, the famine ceased. Power of a covenant. 400 years later. And I would dare say that covenant still exists. So now, this is going to show you the power of covenants and the power of our covenant that was cut, that was sealed, that was delivered between the Son and the Father with blood. How do we enter into that covenant? How did we enter into that covenant? You see, when the disciples were drinking the wine that represented his blood and eating of the bread that represented his body, they knew what he was talking about, but they didn't know how. And then we have Paul. And Paul tells us how. Listen to how beautiful this is from Colossians chapter 3. No, no, not Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 2. And we're going to look at verse 9. Starting with verse 9. For in Jesus Christ dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. This is cool. Jesus represents the fullness of the Godhead. Woo! And where is he planted? Right here inside of us. That's why the fullness of the Godhead bodily dwells in us. Because Jesus dwells in us. Colossians chapter uh, 2 verse 9. Now look at Colossians chapter 2 verse 10. And you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Look at chapter 11. I mean uh, verse 11. This is beautiful. This talks about our covenant with Christ. The cut. The blood. Right? Verse 11. In whom also you are circumcised, cut, with the circumcision made without hands, in the putting off of the body 
of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Verse 12, buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Verse 14, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that were against you, that were against us, which were contrary to us, he took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. That is so beautiful. What this is saying is, Paul says, I was crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ that liveth in me. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. The old order has passed away. Behold, the new order has come. So now, when Jesus was on that cross, that day we said yes to the Father. It was as if in the spiritual world, we died with Jesus. It says, he who knew no sin was made to be sin with our sin. We were on the cross with him in the spiritual reality. Just like Paul tells us, when he bled, we bled. When he died to sin, we died to sin. When he died to sickness, we died to sickness. Why? Because of the spiritual circumcision where our body and the sins of the flesh, the fleshly nature, were circumcised away and circumcised off, and we became one with Jesus Christ. Do you believe? Do you believe how powerful this is? We became one with Jesus Christ. We we died with him, we were buried with him, and then we were raised to newness of life with him. Righteous, holy, blameless, healed, whole, the truth of our gospel. United with him. One with him. In other words, this covenant of grace was made between the Son and the Father. The Son providing the sac uh, the Father providing the sacrifice and the offering. And the blood shed for forgiveness of sins. But guess what? Once we put faith in Jesus Christ, we became one with him. We became one with all that he went through in spiritual reality. We became united to him. And now, we became glorified with him, raised in righteousness with him, seated at the right hand of the Father with him. We have inherited all that Jesus has inherited. We're joint heirs with him. Why? Because it's the circumcision of our sinful fleshly neighbor, nature, and because of our unification with Christ. So now at that point, we enter into covenant with the Father. And you look at Jesus when he hung on the tree, Galatians chapter 3. Cursed is any man that hangeth on a tree. Right? He became a curse. Why? Just like the Gibeonites asked for those sons of Saul to hang them on a tree so that the curse could be removed. Jesus hung on a tree 
so that the curse could be removed. What curse? The curse of the law of sin and of death. And now the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is the law we operate in. And the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from that law of sin and of death. And so now we understand this covenant cannot be broken. This covenant cannot be changed or altered. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a man that he should repent. Has he not spoken and will he not do it? Has he not said it and will he not perform it? Psalm 89, 34, my covenant I will not break, nor alter the words that comes forth from my lip. We are in the covenant of grace. Cannot be altered, cannot be broken. And in this covenant of grace, salvation through faith in Jesus Christ is provided. And that word salvation is soteria, and you guys all know it so well. The religious people don't know it. They don't know that soteria salvation means forgiveness of sins. It means redemption. It means protection. It means perseverance. It means healing. And it means wholeness. And it means wellness. But we know. And it's ours. Because we've entered into covenant with the Father by being one with Jesus Christ. And so what does that have to do with faith? When you understand all that Christ has done, when you understand all that the Father has provided, and you understand what Jesus went through, and you begin to look at him and see him, and that love for him grows and swells up from within you, and you see that picture of Christ, and you hear about the Christ, then that faith, that's within you, that's been planted within you, that power that's been planted within you, that resides within you, that power for everything you need, right, begins to spring forth from within and rise up from within and you get uh, a revelation and you get understanding and your eyes of understanding become illuminated and then you believe with your heart. Your soul becomes transformed, right, renewed. Right? And you're believing with your heart. You're believing with your soul. And now you're speaking with your mouth. And your salvation becomes a reality. That's the importance of our covenant and knowing it. And that's the importance of how faith rises up from the knowing of the covenant. Anyway, I hope this makes sense. You see, I have no notes in front of me. I just, just within, you know, these are truths that the Holy Spirit has made real to me that I know from studying the scriptures. I know from studying covenants, it is yours. It is yours. Everything is yours. I pray for your eyes of understanding to become illuminated. And I will stand with you until that day happens. I love you. We'll see you tomorrow morning, Thursday morning.